Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. John, welcome to Texas hey, Home Hey, how are you doing? Wonderful. Good. Good. Uh, I got a question for you. I am having going to be having uh, concrete poured around a building that I have. And it's going to be have a fence around it, and dogs will be on it all the time. Okay. And um, and I'm looking. My thought is to put some sort of a, a a commercial grade epoxy on it. What is your thoughts for that? Because it'll be disinfected a lot and power washed, and I want something that's going to stay. What's the matter with just using the concrete itself? Um. I well, I don't want it to be. I, I don't want anything to soak into the concrete because okay. I don't want any kind of germs or urine smell or anything yep. like that in it. Okay, and that's why I just wanted to verify it because um, yep. the, the issue you'll run into with putting a like a urethane finish or something, if you keep hitting it with a pressure washer, eventually you will start peeling it off. Okay, um, a good hard steel trowel finish. Yeah will actually take that without messing up but urine and stuff can soak into it so yeah uh, just be prepared that when you put that finish on it you're going to want to use an industrial grade you can go to uh hd supply Uh and they they carry commercial application type products like that to put on there right and that will protect it yeah okay all right, great. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Yep, you too. And uh, yeah, that's you. You want to keep the urine smell and stuff out, but a good steel finish, boy, that's that's the way to to keep a a hard finish concrete that's easily kept clean. We were talking with Jim and Friendswood, and I'm sorry, Jim, we had to run so quick. We got about a oh two minutes left. Okay. Well, um, I've got myself somewhat organized here. So on this deck, I'd like to power wash it. I want to know yes or no back to the power washing. Oh, sure. As long as you don't get too close where you start uh, splitting the wood fibers, pressure washing's great. Can I spray the ready seal with a garden sprayer? Absolutely. Do I have to thin it? No. But you'll want to make sure that you let that deck dry 100% before you, you know, after pressure washing it, before you put the ready seal on. Got you. And I, so, I did not plan to do the underside. This is about four feet above grade. Okay. Um, I was not going to do the underside uh, thinking the wood needed to breathe. But yes or no, should I spray up underneath or not? Honestly, um, if it was mine, I wouldn't. I mean, only because it's not going to show. It's not going to make any difference. Uh, it's not. Gonna, it's not taking the blunt of the weather either. So, no, you don't need to do the underside. I I, I agree. Uh, I had a situation where um, down in Edna, Texas, where they painted the the grandstands at, at an old stadium, and they had the ag ag guys paint. The upper side and the underside, and the wood rotted. Oh yeah, it so, it, it uh, held moisture in there then. Yes, sir. This can't, comes in from Rita in Grand Saline, Texas, and.
The best way to hang something on plaster walls. The outside walls are just plaster over brick. Almost impossible to hang anything on the walls, especially blinds and curtains. Well, when you're dealing with plaster, you're basically dealing with soft concrete. It's not concrete, I understand, but your way of dealing with it is virtually the same. So, especially since you're over brick, I mean, you can use brick anchors, you drill into it, but your anchors are going to have to be long enough to go through the plaster into the brick to secure because typically the plaster doesn't have a whole lot of strength to hold things. So as long as you make your anchors deeper and your screws and everything go through the plaster well into the brick, you'll actually be okay. Everything has to be drilled. There is no hammer and nails in to hold things or hang pictures or anything like that. Everything gets drilled into the wall using anchors in order to uh, hang pictures and stuff. So I, I know it it's a, a big issue, but hopefully that'll help you out with it. Mark, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm hearing your show, and then you did, you said the phone number, and I, I dialed it, and I got right through. That's great. Okay, here's here's my kind of like little situation. We have a home built, and... Um, Inside the home, we put, like, concrete pillars, okay? So before they put, like, all the floor, in, you know, between the downstairs and the upstairs, uh-huh. the concrete guy came, came, he put those cardboard tubes, and he, he filled up, you know, say, eight eight pillars, you know, like for, like, the the, the, the galley or the gallery walking down the, the hallway. Right. Okay. Long story short, everything was done and finished, and except when they when he got done, after they set and took the cardboard off, they look kind of rustic, you know, like little pits and chips and all that. Yeah. And I, uh, I kind of put my foot in my mouth and I said, well, you know, either way, we're going to paint them. So, I mean, if they can just come back by and and, and, and put, um, I don't want to say stucco, they can put uh, a the skin coat on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just put something on there and then we're going to paint them and stain them and, and seal them. So he left it at that, but it never got finished and got done. And I don't know what we can actually put on there to, like you say, skim coat it and then sand it down. So if we put the sheetrock stuff, then, you know, when somebody bumps into it, it's going to chip away anyway, probably, you know? What yeah, can we use? You, you really wouldn't want to do sheetrock. Uh, typically on something like that, uh, there's there's two items you can use. One is if you want to skim coat it entirely, you can use a mortar mix. And, you know, it just gets mixed up and coated on the outside and dragged smooth. Otherwise, they do make synthetic patching materials for concrete, and you could actually use that to cover everything up. Uh, typically, when you use the uh, cardboard forms that way, these were round ones, right? Correct. Yeah, you should. You probably see the the uh, spiral of the cardboard as well, don't you? You do. Yeah. So you know you can skim coat the whole thing and cover that up, or you can use that synthetic which is made for patching holes in concrete and then grind down on it a little bit to get rid of the spirals uh but i usually find it easier to just go ahead and skim coat the whole thing with a mortar mix and then go ahead and paint it okay so is there a certain type of mortar mix i mean or no it's just off the shelf mortar mix and then just get it whatever and put it on there and yeah, you, dry and then just... you can use, uh, you know, mix it up real good, and then you can use uh, sheetrock 
finishing tools, like the 12-inch mm-hmm. trowel, in order to drag right. it smooth. Now, usually when you're applying it, you're using a rubber trowel to uh, rub it in and, and get it in real good. But then, you know, that final coat, a lot of times a steel trowel does better. So that's where I use just the uh, 12-inch sheetrock knife to drag it smooth. Now, when you paint oh, it, okay. when you paint it, make uh-huh. sure you use a masonry primer to seal everything up I'm good. Right. Masonry primer. Yeah, I'm writing all this stuff down. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Wow. That, that sure answered my question. I'm happy for that. Good. Yeah. And it's nothing to, to worry about. Anytime you see those kind of columns, you're going to see that it's it's been skim coated that way. Uh, well, let's just say in other places where they do that, they got like a some kind of like vibrator deal and it vibrates all the concrete down so it comes out more smoother this one here looks like real rusticy yeah it it, that'll take care of the bubbles and stuff but it would still leave the spiral of the cardboard showing and you gotta be you gotta be real careful when you uh vibrate on those uh type columns uh because Uh if if your vibrator goes too long it will literally blow that cardboard apart because because okay, it puts maybe. too much load onto it. Usually what I'll tend to do, uh, and this is just for everybody else, uh, instead of vibrating it too heavy, if you'll tap it all the way around with a hammer as you're going up, uh, that shakes the bubbles okay. out of it as well. That, that, that's what they did. And yep. then my wife was saying, like, well, she's in Honduras. She goes, well, in Honduras, I see that they put something in her mix it. You know, but over yeah. there, they also don't use cardboard. They use, uh, like, sheet metal, tin metal. like yeah. <laughs> and that and okay. and they do make metal forms for doing that that clamp together, and that works better. Then you can vibrate the heck out of it. Right. Do you, Do you know any place where somebody can order little forms? Because you know, like uh, like say the chess piece, the little uh, pawns. We want to put some of those out like on the balcony, but we don't know anywhere to find those forms to make them. The the pl- uh, the places who sell uh, you know concrete patio furniture and stuff. They're the ones who make it. Now, as far as the forms, they're custom-made for all that kind of stuff, and they're really expensive. Uh, So you've got to be going to be making more than one if you're going to use those type of forms for it. Uh, uh, Just to give you an example, in the foundation repair, we have a pile cap that we use. And those forms for that pile cap are, I can't remember if it was 8,000 or 15,000, something like that. So it's got to make thousands of these things in order to make it cost effective to to have one of those. Right. Okay. But yeah, it, no, it, that if, idea. Uh, <laughs> if if going down the road you see one of the places that sells concrete uh, animals and and patio furniture and stuff like that, stop there and they be the place that you could get it from. Okay. Appreciate your answers. Thank you, you so much. I currently have a sixteen-year-old Smith. 50-gallon propane tank water heater. We're getting natural gas on our street and want to change from propane to natural gas. Was thinking of going to a natural gas tank water heater. It is just my wife and me, so I would imagine our hot water consumption would be on the low side. First, what is the lifespan for a tank water heater that has never been cleaned? Second, what would you recommend, gas or electric, I've heard recommend a tankless brand, but cannot remember the name. Thanks, Tommy. Well, Tommy, first of all, 
the lifespan of a tank water heater, I mean, it's not unusual to get 20 years, but typically you're going to get something 10 to 12 years out of a tank-type water heater. You can get a lot more, but uh, every day that you get out of it, count it as a blessing. Now, I will tell you, a tankless water heater, the normal lifespan, is 15 to 20 years. So they do tend to last longer, especially if they're kept clean. Uh, by that, I mean they get flushed on an annual basis. Uh, when it, it's, As far as making a switch, definitely go gas. Go with the natural gas tankless. Navion is the brand that you hear me talk about all the time. Uh, it's N-A-V-I-E-N. Very, very energy efficient. In fact, it uses so much of the heat that it puts out that you don't have to vent it with double wall stainless steel like most tankless water heaters. You can vent it with PVC pipe. It is that efficient with the heat that it generates and uses. Um, and as two people in the home, absolutely it's going to be much cheaper than trying to uh, you know, keep maintain and keep a tank-type water heater going. The biggest area when changing from a tank to a tankless that you have to watch is the fact that, oh, he's going to get that tractor stuck. I'm watching him do it. I'm watching out my window. Uh, we're, we're doing some tractor work at, at my house and watching him hit a low spot where he's going to get that thing stuck again. Uh, anyways, and I know because I was running the tractor earlier when I got it stuck in there. Uh, the biggest expense typically isn't the purchase of the water heater. It's getting the gas to the water heater. And since you're getting all new stuff run anyways, that would be the ideal time to make that switch. Elliot, how can I help you? Hi, good afternoon, and thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You bet. I have a question. My question is, what are your thoughts about a siding job as a do-it-yourself? Is that something that you would recommend, or would you recommend uh, a company or a professional coming in? Well, it, it depends on what your skill set is. I mean, you don't have to be a professional siding installer to do your own home, but if that's your first do-it-yourself project, I would say probably not a good place to start. Not a good place to start. Okay. Um, Have you done any right. type of projects with wood and stuff before? With wood. No, no. I've just cut two by fours here and there. I'm I'm not very handy. Uh, I know how to use a saw, but. Um, no, I was just trying to save myself some money. The reason I was asking was because I'm just going to side the back of my house. Okay. And it's just straight walls, no curves, no complicated type deal going on. And so I'm what's, thinking, what's well, on it for siding right now? Oh, gosh. It's this stuff that's like literally over 20 years old. It's my uh, grandparents' home. Okay. So whatever they put on it 20 plus years ago, that's what's there. Uh, but I is it four by it. four by eight sheets? Uh, let's see. They're with like, lines going up and down. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like this material that crumbles. Yep. That's it's it, it's it's a masonite siding. Very, very common back in 
in the day. And, you know, quite honestly, James Hardy siding actually has a siding that matches that. Uh, that you could mm. change it out in four by eight sheets. It'd be very easy to install that versus going yeah, but, with a lap siding. Yeah, because I I noticed that these little sheets, all they are, are just nailed into you know the wall. Right. I mean, it's literally crumbling and falling. You know, yep. we'll play basketball and we hit it and it just crumbles and yeah. So yeah, take a take a look at the four by eight sheets of James Hardy siding because. You know, that just goes up. They do have a little lap over, uh, you know, and you, and you caulk the the seat, the joints between them and everything. It, that's not hard to put on at all. Okay, versus the ones at the big stores that are the long panels. Is that yes? The the long ones you got to get everything in straight a line and and put your nails in an exact spot and things like that. But the four by eight sheets, uh, they're much easier to install. Okay, then I'll look into that. The four by eight sheets. I didn't even know they made it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they make them in Hardy siding as well. So, you know, Harding uh, siding. Hard, James AKR? Hardy siding. James Hardy. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. When I get home, I'm going to take a look. I have neighbors who built new post Ike homes on pilings. Some have a problem with OSB rotting away under their floors and some do not. Example, my neighbor across the street has carpet in the living area and rolled out vinyl in the kitchen, baths, and utility room. OSB in several places under the vinyl is soft, rotting, and under the carpet, it still looks new. There are no known plumbing leaks. Space between the floor and exterior is decked outside underneath. I can see that, he says. And insulated, I'm told. My subfloor is OSB with eighth inch plywood on top thinking that should be quarter probably then vinyl throughout no carpet and no soft spots the problem is random but i don't buy that warranty is helping some neighbors i'm a longtime listener to your show on 7:40 a.m right after the car pro show and have never heard this condition discussed would appreciate your thoughts regards mike well mike this is somewhat of a new problem coming up Actually, I have heard of this problem. And what they're finding is if you enclose it underneath, you're not letting it breathe. Much like you hear me talk about on pier and beam block and base homes, they've got to be able to breathe, air circulate. And what's happening is a lot of people are closing the underside and, just like you mentioned, putting insulation. Well, if you've got carpet, it's breathable. The air can transmit through, and that somewhat helps keep it dry and keeps that osb board doing okay in areas though where there's vinyl on top whether it be plank vinyl rolled out vinyl whatever it is that's sealing it like a sheet of plastic the moisture is able to build up between the boards down there you know between the cover you have outside and your floor decking which is osb and the insulation adds to the problem of holding moisture against that OSB board, which can't handle it, it starts to soften. So what a lot of the engineers who have been looking at this are finding is if you will take that sheathing down and leave it open to the air, you won't have the issue. Or if you don't have vinyl plastic you know, on top, 
you won't have the issue. So that's kind of what we're dealing with is it's getting too encapsulated, holding moisture underneath, and just that high humidity that gets in there is causing these issues. My question is, what's wrong with this 40-gallon water heater? Here's what's happening. This particular water heater pop-off valve is, is opening up and letting hot water come out through the pipe that's down near the ground level. So sometimes people get confused whether it's the AC or from the water heater. Rule of thumb, the AC will drip out of the soffit. So it's coming down high and they normally will have it drip in front of a window or door so that you're well aware of it, that it's dripping. And that's typically going to be cold water coming out. When it's from the water heater pop-off valve, it's typically going to be hot water. And what happens is sometimes these pop-off valves, as they age, start getting a little bit weak and they'll start having a little uh, leakage. And so you'll start seeing it drip and over time it just steadily gets a little worse and a little bit worse till you got a full flow coming out. It's not an expensive repair. It's a matter of just shutting the water heater off for a few minutes, remove that pop-off valve, install a new one, and let it go again. Sometimes people think they've got to replace the water heater over this. Unless the pipes are all corroded together and things like that, you don't have to replace the water heater over this. Just the pop-off valve. So, and what is the purpose of the pop-off? Is to keep the water heater from heating, getting so hot and building up so much pressure that it blows the tank up. Years and years ago, before they put these pop-off valves, periodically you would hear of a house that would explode and uh, a boiler would blow, and it was because of the pop-off. There wasn't one. The tank would get too much pressure and blow up. Hello, Aaron. Hello. How you doing? Wonderful. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, my question is, uh, when existing, um, you know, square tile kitchen flooring that was put down 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's sticking real good and everything, but can you actually, uh, you know, go over it with new tile uh, flooring, or you can't? That's not a good idea. Is this the, uh, this isn't ceramic tile. This is just a regular. Uh, oh, yes, vinyl, uh, old, you know, 20-year-old tile. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. And what are you going to go down with? Uh, looking at the same thing, really, uh, the same thing, uh, because I don't know if the, uh, you know, the new, the new vinyl, but I've seen some, uh, you know, ceramic, I mean, not ceramic towel, but the vinyl towel, square sure. towel, uh, they still got those in the, uh, you know, Home Depots and stuff like that, Lowe's. I was yep. looking at that. I said, oh, I can just use that. Well, here's the deal. You can technically go over those existing tiles. But your new floor won't last as long and won't stick as well as the old one did oh, if you okay. do that. Because now you got two okay. layers of glue that you're depending on holding everything together. You got the one that's glued to the concrete right now, and you got uh -huh. the new one that you're going to put on top of it. And it, it does leave you susceptible to you know something going wrong. I typically will oh, okay. take the old floor up because, honestly, it doesn't take all that long to take it up and do it right. Okay, okay, that's, that's, I'll do that then. I was just wondering. Uh, so that sounds good. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think that the um, the square tile is still a good thing to put down, or you think the new stuff is better? You know, they, they've got some uh, square tiles now 
days, uh, Wilson Art makes some and some different manufacturers. They look great. They're extremely durable. Uh, they hold up actually better than the old ones did. Uh, yes, absolutely. I got no problem putting them putting them in. Okay. In fact, you All may right. want to consider looking at some of the, you know, if you don't want to go with a, a just a standard tile look, some of the plank vinyl pieces, you know, that's, that's really what those are. And it looks just like a wood floor, extremely durable, gives you some options. Okay. Okay. I have to look into it. I appreciate you uh, answering that for me, and thanks for your time. You bet, Aaron. We're going to Denton, Texas. Hello, D. Hey, I enjoyed your show yesterday. Thank you. Even with, even with the bloopers. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, what's the best way to, um, insulate your garage door? Radiant barrier. Uh, is it a metal door or wood? It's a metal door. Okay. They make a bubble wrap type radiant barrier. Uh, you can actually even get it at the box stores a lot of times. And, you know, it looks just like the bubble wrap, but it's got the silver on one side. And you can take sheet metal screws. And if you look at your metal door, you got the, the outside and then it, turns and comes in and turns down so you've got a little lip to the inside that you can run sheet metal screws through the radiant barrier into that metal lip that gives you a dead air space between the metal door and the radiant barrier and that that will drastically reduce the uh, heat load coming into the garage i live in an area that seems overrun with hvac techs my unit is 13 years old and I have it checked once in the fall and once early summer. The company I have used for the last 12 years and been a good relationship. Last year, it seems it had a coolant leak. To run a sealant through the system was $600 and to refill the system was $460. I told the tech to leave and never come back. I have a new company which said they could find nothing wrong and suggested they're installing a quick start, something or another. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Uh, actually, yes, it's probably called a hard start. Uh, we'll go into that here in a second. I assume they have to drain the system to make the installation and refill the system. Is this a good idea? What's the average cost? It seems if I want to replace the whole system with a new three and a half ton, they all want six grand. Is that an average going price? Well, let's let's start with what the hard start does. Uh, basically, yes, it, as the system ages and its parts don't work quite as well as they used to, the hard start makes it where it doesn't draw down on the power as much in order to get the system started. And yes, they do work. They do cost a little bit, but they're not that bad. And no, they don't have to take all the coolant out to do it. It's something that's tied in with the electrical system uh, in in order to keep the circuit breakers right. So, and and that that's the the simple side of it. Now, as far as a 13 year old system, if you're not having issues with it, don't replace it. And I know. Air conditioning guys will tell you all the time, 10 years, replace it because of energy efficiency. You'll save enough on the energy bills to offset the cost of a payment for a new system. That's all great. But if you want to get another two, three years out of it, do it. 
is not going to hurt a thing. Yes, you will save money on your electric bill, but who wants to break even just by swapping out the unit? Uh, as far as the cost for a three and a half ton unit, honestly, 6000 sounds a little cheap to me. So I'm not sure what type of system they're trying to sell you. And if they're doing both the inside and outside unit, uh, that kind of sounds like they maybe are just doing the outside unit and not the system that's up in the attic. Because the system in the attic is typically just the coils and it's the heat and the fan and stuff like that to circulate. And that usually will last way longer than the compressor and everything that's in the outside unit. So... I've uh, got an idea that's what they're quoting you a price on. And honestly, again, you don't need to do it until your system breaks. This came from Frank in Fort Worth, and he says, I'm replacing my fence and have been told that metal posts would last longer than a 4x4 wood post. I'm inclined to agree. Would it be worthwhile to coat the bottom of the metal post, the part that of the post that will be encased in concrete, with a roof foundation coating to further protect the rust would it also be worthwhile to cap the bottom of the post to prevent moisture from getting inside of the pipe from the bottom thank you for your thoughts and i really enjoy your show uh, i'm not always able to listen to your show so if you have time could you also send me your answer in email thanks again well if i use your question on the air like this we automatically clip the response and send it to you as the answer so let's talk about this for a second metal posts will last longer here's the key things though one mound your concrete up just slightly above ground level because you don't want water ponding in the concrete around the post so slope the concrete away from the post as well you're basically going to make a, a, a little dome with the pipe sticking up out of it because your fence post is going to be in concrete you don't need to worry about a cap on the bottom. You're going to put the post down, and then you're going to pick it up just a, a little bit off the bottom so you've got concrete under the post. Do cap it on top, and even at that, it's going to get moisture inside of it. Just because the temperature changes of the metal and stuff will create condensation inside that post over time. But the biggest place where they rust off is at the level where it's coming out of the concrete so to answer your question as far as should you coat it with some tar or something no i wouldn't bother just make sure you dome it where the water's not ponding and that post will last a long time now a quick tip here on setting the post so often people want to pour wet concrete you don't have to pour wet concrete around a, a post like this use dry concrete and use the back of the shovel handle to pack it around the post and to make sure you're nice and plumb if you'll take two pieces of string tie washers on each end so that gives you four washers on the two pieces of string now hold them all together and find the middle and tie them together you can drape that over the top of the post and if it's leaning in any one direction the washers won't be touching the post when all four washers are touching the post on four different sides it's level and you can do that with square posts round posts it doesn't matter works on everything and it can even be uh, you know it's, it's just the easiest way to get the thing plumb and the advantage of using the dry 
concrete over wet, as soon as you pack it, you can start building. When you use wet concrete, you got to wait overnight for it to dry. So just a little quick tip there. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 